0: Welcome to Rise from the Ashes. Our podcast looks at various issues for families. We'll be talking with attorneys about personal and legal concerns having to do with divorce, custody, and parenting time. There are also a few topics about letting go, moving on, and new beginnings. Please keep in mind this podcast is only to inform and help to understand legal and personal issues as they relate to family law. It should not be considered as a replacement for a qualified family law attorney. When in doubt, please contact a professional. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters. Hi and welcome to our podcast, Rise from the Ashes. I'm David Braddock and I'll be the host for the podcast. We're talking today with Amy Rotering, who is an associate attorney at Mundal Law. How are you doing, Amy?
1: I'm doing great, David. Thank you.
0: Today we're gonna to be talking about an overview of
1: trusts. That's right.
0: From what I understand, a trust can be a very integral part of an estate plan.
1: Is that right, Amy? That is definitely right, David, and I don't think... People know a lot about trusts, which is why I wanted to talk about them today.
0: That's right. When we were talking about an estate plan before, it was primarily on wills. And I remember you said the next time around, we'll have to talk about
1: trusts. And here we are today. We are going to talk exclusively about trusts.
0: So maybe you can start by just filling us in. What exactly is a trust?
1: In its simplest terms, a trust is a transfer of property from the owner of that property to a second person for the benefit of a third person. So there's three people or entities, if you will, involved in a trust. So that sounds kind of complicated, I know. And I think that's one of the reasons why people don't consider adding a trust to their estate plan. The first person, as we said, is the owner of that property. That property owner is referred to as the grantor or the settler. When I say property, I mean all property. Your house, your retirement account, even your life insurance policy. The second person who's receiving title to that property is called the trustee. I think a lot of people have heard the word trustee, but they might not be sure what that person does. It doesn't necessarily have to be a person either. It could be a financial institution.
0: So like a bank or something? Like a
1: bank, sure. Okay. And that person, the trustee is responsible for managing that property that's now in this trust. A lot of times I need a visual. Just think of a trust as a pot. Now, we draft a document called a trust document. And that gives the trustee instructions on what to do with that property. But think of the owner taking their property and putting it into this pot. And then the trustee comes along and is watching over that pot of assets.
0: So assets could include monetary assets, Businesses? Are
1: they included? A business could be part of a trust, although that's certainly not as common. Typically, it is financial assets such as stocks, investment portfolios. Real estate? Real estate, definitely. That's one of the biggest reasons people make trusts, at least people in the middle class category. The third person involved in a trust is the beneficiary. So the trustee is managing these assets for the benefit of a third person.
0: So, the first person, they're the ones that started the trust because it's part of their estate plan, in knowledge that they will be passing away one day and they want this trust to benefit the beneficiary.
1: Yes, that is the idea behind a trust. And there's many, many different types of trusts. Some trusts can be set up while the grantor or the owner of that property is still alive. Some of them are, such as what's called a pour over trust, is started after the person passes away. It just depends on the reason that the person's putting the trust in place. How many different types of trusts are there? The two basic types of trusts, David, are a revocable trust, And an irrevocable trust.
0: Ah, okay. Okay.
1: And the difference between the two is basically ownership. In a revocable trust, the grantor, the settler, the original owner still maintains control over the trust. They can revoke the trust at any time they want. I recommend, generally speaking, that a person who's still living and wants to maintain control over those assets set up a revocable trust, and then when they pass away, that title passes on to a successor trustee, and then that person takes over the assets when the owner dies. Revocable trusts are best for people who want to stay out of probate court. And that's their main goal. Because as we talked about in the podcast about wills, I mean, wills are a very important document, but it does not keep people out of probate court. And the will has to be approved by the court. That gets to be very expensive. And so a lot of people don't want to go to probate court for that reason. So what a trust does is it avoids probate because that asset is no longer in the name of the grantor. It's in the name of the trust. The trust does what a will does after the person dies, but you're doing it before the person dies.
0: What if I already have a will, and now it sounds like with a trust we're adding a whole extra person, Amy. Why would I want to do that?
1: A will is an excellent document, and I recommend everybody have one. But what a will doesn't do is a will does not avoid court. So when a person passes away, the will has to be verified and confirmed by the court in order to move forward. What a trust does is it keeps a person out of probate court. And the reason it does that is because the asset... I'm going to use a house, for example, because a lot of people use trusts for their homes. If you title a home in the name of a trust and then the owner of that home dies... The title of the home has already been transferred from the person to the trust, and so there's no need to probate it. What happens instead is that the trustee, that second person, takes on the control of that asset, that home, and the trust document will contain instructions as to how that trustee will manage that house.
0: So you're saying that the transfer of that real estate, the house, is automatically given over to the trust as a mechanism of the document itself. Is that right?
1: That's correct, David. So for example, I had a client coming yesterday. We'll just call her Jane Doe. And Ms. Doe owns a house and she's lived in it for quite a few years. So she has quite a bit of equity in it. A lot of her other assets are already not going to be probated because for reasons that we talked about in the last podcast. But she doesn't want to have her children go through the expense of probate just for her house. What we're going to do for her is we're going to transfer the title from Jane Doe to the Jane Doe Trust. Now, even though her name is in the name of the trust, it's still a separate entity from Jane. And so when Jane dies, the house title has already changed hands. She'll nominate a family member who's going to now manage the house. And the court doesn't have to have anything to do with it because the house has already been titled while she was alive when we set up the trust.
0: So in lieu of going to court and having a judge pour over all of these ways of distributing the decedent's property, the trust will more or less automatically take care of a number of those things, it sounds like.
1: That's correct. So there's more work on the front end with a trust, but it becomes a lot simpler once the trust is in place.
0: It sounds like if there is a revocable trust then no one will need to go to court. But you also said that everyone should have a will. Why should we have a will if we already have a trust?
1: Everyone should have a will for two reasons. First of all, there might be assets that the owner requires after the trust is set up that may not be transferred into the trust before the person passes away. And so those items are not part of the trust, and so they would have to go through probate court. The other reason a person should have a will is if they have children, because you can't put children into a trust. You have to decide who's going to take care of your children, and that's where a will comes in.
0: So those items that the trust does not necessarily cover because of whatever the current circumstances are, the will will definitely cover those bases.
1: Yes, David. Correct. And that's why everyone should have a will
0: that sounds like it pretty much covers the basics of revocable trusts. You had also mentioned irrevocable trusts. What are those?
1: Irrevocable trust is a trust in which the grantor gives up ownership of the assets that they're putting into the trust And the trust itself would be the new owner of that property and the trustee would have the sole power and ability to manage and distribute those assets in accordance with the terms of the trust.
0: Why does that make it defined irrevocable as compared to revocable?
1: As the name implies, David, the difference is that the grantor cannot pull those assets back and change their mind and say, well, I don't want to give up ownership anymore. I want to take it back. It's irrevocable. Once they give up ownership, that's it. I'm not going to talk as much about irrevocable trusts today. They're a little bit more complex than revocable trusts. A lot of people do irrevocable trusts for tax purposes, so they don't have to include the income from those assets on their tax returns, or they are setting up a trust for the benefit of their children. So the interest that's earned from the funds in that trust goes directly to the beneficiaries, which is the children. The settler does not benefit at all. There's a variety of reasons that people do that. That's beyond the scope of an overview podcast. Trust documents themselves can be complicated, which is why it's important to talk to an experienced estate planning attorney about such documents. But just know that an irrevocable trust, that ownership transfer is permanent out of the hands of the settler into the hands of the trustee.
0: Is there any place that a person can go so that they can learn more about estate
1: planning, Amy? Well, actually, David, Mundal Law is doing a class on the ABCs of estate planning. And we are going to be covering a wide variety of estate planning topics, such as wills and trusts and other topics. It's an hour and a half long class. Go to our website, mundallaw.com to find out more information about the class.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to share with us about the basics of a trust?
1: David, I just want to finish by saying that trusts can be complicated, but they don't have to be. There is no question that a trust is a powerful estate planning tool. And since you're talking about the transfer of property as part of a trust, it's really important to speak with an experienced estate planning attorney to answer your questions and to explore your options prior to setting up a trust.
0: Thank you very much, Amy.
1: Thank you, David.
0: You are listening to Rise from the Ashes, the podcast channel that takes a careful look at all things having to do with legal procedure within the family law process. Rise from the Ashes is sponsored by Mundal Law, who specializes in assisting families and individuals through the legal process with respect, dignity, and caring. Mundal Law is dedicated to helping people to solve their legal problems. You can visit the Mundal Law website at MundalLaw.com or call to schedule a consultation with one of their qualified family law attorneys. Rise from the ashes, focusing on matters of the family, because family matters.